Yes, say hi, hello, and welcome inside another edition of the Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Lots to get to today. Glad you're along the ride with us today. So, big matchup for Ball State Men's Basketball coming up here a little bit later this evening. We'll dive into all of the topics related to uh, the men's basketball team. Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News scheduled to join us coming up here at 440 on the program today so we'll dive into that you know we predicted it a little bit yesterday and in, uh, in reference to Ball State women's basketball and their opportunities to possibly get into the top 25 at some point nationally in the college basketball ranks well uh, they have started to receive some votes so they're uh, in the mix for a position there we'll talk about the significance of that coming up here in a little bit um I'm going to bring this up today, but we'll reference it a lot during the, uh, the the next couple of days leading up to what is expected to be great NFL action uh, in uh, the AFC Championship and NFC Championship, respectively, on Sunday. Um, but there is one reason the Colts should pay darn attention um, to, to what happens this coming weekend. And I'll tell you a little bit about that coming up. Uh, we won't touch on the Pacers much today, although uh, there was a bit of news. Tyrese Halliburton out the next three games. I think there's a little bit of speculation on whether he came back a little too early on Friday, that was, against Portland. Um, there, there was talk that maybe, just maybe, he tweaked uh, the, the, the injury Again, they're not saying that publicly, but that seems to be the common sentiment among uh, the the reasons why you know he comes back for one game and now he's sitting out um, the next four because he didn't play in the previous game um, and, and, and all those sorts of things. So anyway, um, I do have an NBA topic I want to bring up. If we have time later in the show, I might uh, touch base on that again. Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News for four. He joins us on the program today. Your calls are welcome at seven six five. 287-1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter. Um, I'm going to start the show here in a way that I should probably talk more about this as uh, we, we continue on um, on this program. But I got to tell you, our podcast page is going nuts. It really, really is. Uh, from all the content we have here at WMUN, um, I should do a better job of mentioning that each and every show that we do on this program is available on demand after the fact uh, on podcast. Whether you go to our website, it's you know the website's really unique. Our our website is designed to be podcast oriented, and there isn't a lot of written content or anything like that. Like you can see what's happening as far as when shows are happening and those sorts of things because we have had some questions about that over the last couple of months uh, but the the real meat of the website is all podcast form and uh, what's cool on the back end is we can see um, all the different things that you guys like the shows that um, you know you downloaded you listen to all those different things and this um this station, man, I tell you what, we have seen an immense growth in the podcast, especially over the last couple of months, not just this program, but everything we have from a content standpoint um, on WMUN, the talk of Muncie. We truly want to be that, and I'm, I'm in my car each and every day, so I understand how this goes, that you can't catch everything live, and that's okay. 
That's all right. That's why we've added the podcast form. Um, because every interview we do, every conversation we have is available on podcast. Now, if you don't go to the website, you can download our podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Just search WMUN Muncie. But um, I was putting up the podcast from yesterday's show, and I just happened to get all interested in the number of downloads slash listens we've had in the last two months, and there's no doubt about it, the the, the arrow is going up in a big way. And so uh, maybe uh, that was a reminder to me as it's growing to let more of you know the opportunities that are out there for you uh, to listen to the podcast. Anytime you have the opportunity, we will make sure to make those accessible for you. Again, just search WMUN wherever you get your podcast from, and it's very easy for you to find um, each podcast of this show available approximately 15 minutes after the conclusion of the show so um, you're going to get it quickly if you missed a segment had to run into a store or you had a meeting or you maybe missed the whole show uh, you you can't it's impossible for you to miss the whole show uh, because there's the podcast form so thank you uh, to everybody that has been following along with the content you know I, I think uh, the mix of what we've done over the last couple three months and uh, want to say a big thank you to Ball State Sports all the coaches we have on uh, their high school sports and, and some interesting topics. I mean, you got to think about uh, what we went through with Colts, Pacers, Ball State. There's been a lot of topics of conversation over the last several months, and it feels like just when you think it's going to get quiet from a sports angle, it ramps back up very, very very quickly so um and, and last week was no exception with the Pacers news with Pascal Siakam so anyway uh 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter as well we know how big tonight is for Ball State men's basketball it, it's a big one um they're 99 1-5 in conference and head to Buffalo who's 2-15 overall 1-4 in conference now um what's interesting about this game is I I think I'm going to say this, and again, this is my what I would describe my educated opinion. Uh, this isn't anything I've heard. This isn't anything um, that that I would say I would have inside knowledge on. But I, I I would I would have to think based on the you know the body language, if you will, after the game on Saturday and throughout the last couple of days. I'm sure there has been an immense hunger to get back on the floor because it's one thing when you lose. It's another thing when you have the end of the game, the way it's tied and then the way overtime goes at home and knowing just as much as we're talking about it internally, they're describing just how big that matchup was on Saturday and to have it slip through their fingers like it, like it did. I, I, I'm sure there was an absolute immense hunger because if there's been anything that's been said about this team from start to finish is Michael Lewis loves this group. Michael Lewis loves the, the fact that these guys come to work each and every day and are ready to get after it and play hard and play with effort. But, man, when you have the, the, the result and the way it ended up on Saturday, you, you just want to get on the floor as quickly as possible again to kind of wipe that away. So my curiosity lies with a couple of things with this game tonight. It lies with how do you come out at the beginning of the game? Now, it's it, it, it's more important the way you close 
than the way you start. Now, there are games where you can get off to an incredible lead and maintain it throughout. We understand that. But I'm more so interested about, you know, the moments where Buffalo has runs because they're going to. They have the game at home tonight. We understand that. Um, they're a 2-15 team, 1-4 in conference. I don't think uh, there is any sort of looking at Buffalo's record and going in with an expectation that you're just the better basketball team and you're going to walk in and take care of business. I don't think there's any of that, especially, um, you know, what happened on Saturday. And, and here's what I think is a really good thing in this scenario. Not good to you lost, but a good thing from this perspective. There is not more a time for a basketball team to truly focus on themselves or team in general than when you have an experience like that on Saturday. Now, it can go one of two ways. I like to think the, the, the latter of these two happening. It can go the way of, you know, I, I don't know, finger pointing and down in the dumps and you got to gain that confidence back. That's one way. The other way is what we just mentioned, the hunger and the anticipation to get back out there to just say that was one experience. Let's wipe that away because they full well know, just like any basketball team does, you are – really who you are is what your last performance was as far as the chatter that's out there but here's the deal I think from the post-game comments to the the conversation afterwards it was all about Ball State it was all about them it you know it was kind of a tip to a tip of the cap to the way that Miami of Ohio closed at a, at the end of regulation on Saturday and the way they came out with a fury at the beginning of overtime. You tip your cap there, but it was way more about what Ball State did not do than what Miami did do. You know you didn't foul late. Um, maybe you weren't as aggressive at the end of the game when you were up 11 with uh, under five minutes to play. There were a lot of different things that happened there um and so in a lot of ways maybe this is an opportunity for ball state to do exactly what we just said focus on themselves and really analyze and and really just kind of say hey all right reset let's go back out there and 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 see what we've we've got to handle here because you go into this game and ball state's a favorite on the road at Buffalo, they're, they're a favorite. And even with what happened on Saturday, they're a favorite, which is kind of interesting. Um, it goes by, obviously, Buffalo's 2-15 and 1-4 and in conference. But, um, you know, I, I kind of wonder, had Ball State completed the game on Saturday, how this one's going to be viewed because it's very easy to say, all right, you're facing a 2-15 and basketball team, but I don't think there's any sort of consideration whatsoever with that um, at all, based on what you just went through. Uh, Ball State scoring more game. Uh, they're giving up less per game than Buffalo, shooting a higher percentage, better rebounding team, betters. I mean, all across the board, uh, Ball State statistically looks like the better basketball team. But the way you start is going to be so, so important. And um, this is something interesting. Uh, the lone win in a Mid-American Conference play for Buffalo is against Eastern Michigan. They beat them by 14. They beat Eastern Michigan on the road. Ball State beat, uh, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Ball State beat Eastern Michigan. Buffalo beat Central Michigan, which is one of Ball State's losses this year. And Buffalo did it at Central Michigan 
in their very first conference game of the season. So, you know, you have a common opponent um, in Central Michigan. Ball State lost that game. Buffalo won that game. So, if you're doing any bit of oh, two and fifteen team, one and four, or you're thinking that as a fan, don't do that. Because clearly, as we know, in the Mid-American Conference, the middle to bottom of the conference, it's not as big of a separator as you might think. Everybody's pretty tight. I would uh, imagine, um, you know, the top of the conference, I think we know Toledo and, and Akron are pretty legit, are pretty darn good. But, you know, spots four through the bottom, I don't think there's much separation. I really don't. I truly believe that Ball State, like they showed a couple weeks ago, they're fully capable of beating Toledo and Akron, you know, and that's the danger of the top of the conference playing a middle team. But I also believe the four seed could be beaten by a winless Northern Illinois team. I think it's possible. That's just how the Mid-American Conference works. It is so parity-driven. It is so night-to-night, and uh, anything can happen along those lines. So you bring up that speech. You bring up all of those examples to say, do not take tonight lightly. <laughs> Don't do it. And and I think you can also go to this. I mean, Ball State hasn't been great on the road. They were the last time uh, they played against Eastern Michigan. But, again, we, we were talking about this a week ago at this time, about, again, you got to prove that you can do it away from Northern Arena. They've done that. But there's a result right there in the middle on Saturday that is a little bit different, obviously. Yeah, definitely a little bit different. So I think this is a really interesting game. And, you know, a week ago at this time, we were throwing around the term, um, w- th- this is a must-win game. It, we, we were trying to toy with that, and I, I don't like that phrase. I try to stay away from that phrase. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I bring that up because there are moments where, you know, it's more likely than not a, a, a win-now game. You know, it almost feels like you're in the exact same spot you were a week ago when you faced off against Eastern Michigan in the grand scheme of things for the rest of your season. So I I find that interesting tonight and how this team comes out. Amongst all the things that happened on Saturday, I will say this. I mean, Bashir Jihad was an absolute matchup nightmare for the opposition. He was great. He was aggressive. He had a stretch there where he was flat-out unguardable. Uh, Loved the way Jalen Anderson's playing with a playmaker mentality and also getting his offensively. Davion Bailey's the one that's taken the biggest jump for Ball State, and it's not even close. Um, And, and, you know, it's amazing when Ball State makes shots and able to set up their defense, the difference in this basketball team. And that's If you look at the last five minutes of Saturday's game that ended up tied at the end of regulation, when Ball State was unable to hit shots, I mean, it changed very, very quickly because Miami of Ohio was able to run in transition, all those different things. It sounds like a very simplistic deal. Oh, you make shots, set up your defense, duh. But sometimes it needs to be said. Sometimes it does. And there were a lot more things than just that at the end of the game on Saturday. But... You know, when Ball State was rolling, they were the better basketball team on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. And so can you find that again? Can you establish that again? And when you do face a little bit of adversity, how do you respond? 
because I would imagine playing a road game in the Mid-American Conference, you're going to deal with that. So um, there's a lot of things. I think more so than a couple of weeks back, you have a solid three-man team from the standpoint of what you know you're going to get from an offensive standpoint. I think you go into each and every game feeling that Bashir Jihad is an absolute matchup nightmare no matter who he's facing. No matter who he's facing. He was a problem for Akron, who has one of the best defenses in the country. So, I, you know, I, I, I think you know that. And the biggest question was, and it, 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 it's every season, is guard play and how it looks, you know, when you get to Mid-American Conference play. I think you feel very good about Jalen Anderson and Davion Bailey. You know, how does Trent Middleton become a part of the mix? Because he played a, susta- a substantial amount on Saturday, felt like he kind of re-entered the rotation a little bit. Does he become a factor? And then Mickey Pearson Jr. does a little bit of everything for you. And what else can you get from Mason Jones and Ben Hendricks? Um, that's kind of how you round it out. But I-, I feel like you have a set formula of how you're going about things now. That's great. Um, that doesn't win you basketball games in a lot of ways. So can you execute in the right moments? Can you make enough plays at the end? And can you take care of the basketball? I mean, all things that sound, when it comes out of your mouth or mine, very simplistic. But this is one of those, you just have to go in to Buffalo, play your brand of basketball, focus on you after what occurred on Saturday, come out with a win, and you know you look at everything a little bit differently. And I think that's why you, you, I bet they could not wait to get to this moment, could not wait to get to Tuesday. Because um, think about it in the locker room, think about it practice. What, what, what's in your mind? It's either what just happened or what you have coming up. I mean, it's natural to have that back and forth coming up. So uh, this could not be coming at a better time uh, to play again against Buffalo. So, again, I, I feel like we're still in the early parts of Mid-American Conference play that, you know, what do you know about Buffalo? They're a 2-15 team, but they're 1-4. Ball State's 9-9. Nine and nine, Okay? Um, they've won one of their last, is it six or seven? I mean, it, 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 you know, that, that's, that's kind of the moment for Ball State here. Uh, I think teams are still trying to figure out Ball State. I mean, uh, most teams have gotten the better of them in conference play, and I feel the same about Buffalo. So this is a very important game for both teams. It goes back to the Eastern Michigan game as well last Tuesday. I said the exact same thing, that the game meant as much to Ball State about elevating them to the middle of the conference mix as it did Eastern Michigan, and we saw how that turned out. Ball State was able to to get that win. Feel that same way about Buffalo. Who the heck cares they're 2-15 overall? It matters what happens in conference play for Buffalo, and um, they're in about the same exact spot Ball State is. At 9-9, Buffalo's 2-15. It means the exact same for both teams. And while it's about this game in process for both of these teams, no doubt about it, you are looking at that. It's not really time to draw up the standing scenarios of how you get in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. You've got five, six weeks left of that. But, man, it feels like this year, for teams that are at the bottom half of the league, you might be pointing back to some of the moments in January as to why you're either in a better position or in the position you're in where you're battling to try to get in. 
feel that way. And uh, I think Ball State's already had a couple of those that you might be looking back and say, wow, that Miami of Ohio game. Wow, that Akron game. Wow, that Toledo game. I mean, there's, there's three or four already. So you can't have many more of those. I think that's just kind of common sense, right? You can't have many more of those. And so, no, I wouldn't say, you know, I I would proclaim this on the radio to be a must win. Every game's a must win. Every game's one that you want to win and and you got to win in in a lot of ways. But this is a a big one. This is an incredibly important game that across the league won't get a lot of headlines. But yet, at the end of the day, I think both teams understand just how important this is. So, Ball State and Buffalo, again, the coverage available right here on the Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Again, Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News is going to stop by to talk more about this and his general thoughts of what occurred on uh, Saturday. And... um, I'm sure he agrees with my sentiment about the whole deal of, man, they could not, I'm sure they could not wait, could not wait to get back on the floor. And the fact they have the opportunity, what are the biggest concerns, you know, coming off of what happened Saturday with coming right back here, like get overzealous? I mean, is that possible? It very much is. We'll see. So, all right, when we come back, national recognition for Ball State women's basketball. Again, if you're kind of new to this story or not paying attention to the story, it's about time you do because uh, the national recognition is coming and they just keep rolling on. They're uh, back in action tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that. The one reason, the one reason the Colts should pay attention to what's coming up this weekend in the NFL. And this is going to be a long-form conversation over the offseason. I'll tell you about that as well when we come back. It's a Tuesday edition of The Power. We're presented by Walls Furniture and Mattress. And back with you next on WMUN. Yes, we're brought to you in part by Walls Furniture and Mattress, Nebo Road in Muncie Online, wallsfurniture.com. 90% of what they have in the showroom for in stock for you, 48 hours or less. It's vast. A whole mattress sleep section. Come on now. Check them out. Stop in store. You know, it might take you a minute to really figure out what you want. But here's the deal. When you find what you want, it's coming to you quickly. That is the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference. Nemo Run and Monsi online, wallsfurniture.com. Calls welcome at 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um... Ball State women's basketball received six votes in the recent top 25 of the USA Today sports coaches poll. So uh, this is significant, and and it is. And we talked about the potential of it. I'm trying to pull up uh, the USA Today um, uh, coaches poll for NCAA women's basketball. I thought I had it up, but it 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 it, it stayed away from me. So, um, here's here's the deal. Okay, so um, Ball State received six votes. Okay, the teams that are receiving votes but did not make the top twenty-five. Include UNLV with 14, Miami of Florida with 16, Princeton with 29, and Marquette with 31. Okay? 
there are two schools that dropped out of the top 25 this time around, and it just so happens Marquette and UNLV are two of them. Marquette was 22 last week. UNLV was 23rd. Okay? Now, here's another thing to keep in mind. Okay? Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six different teams not ranked at the beginning of the season that are now in the top 25. I'm giving you all of this info to say this. The thing that's going to help Ball State here, and I'm going to say this, and again, this is me, nobody else, no sources, no nothing, okay? The way this is going to work out, okay, I look at the majority of these teams that are ranked, you have the Big Ten represented. You have the ACC represented, the Big 12, all of the, the, the top major conferences. I am looking at up and down this list of teams right now. And there are no teams from outside the Power Five other than Gonzaga, which is in the uh, – are they in the WCC now or the Mountain West? Something like that. I don't even know what conference Gonzaga's in. It's been so, so much movement that it's hard to really keep track in a lot of ways. Gonzaga's the only one. Gonzaga was not ranked at the beginning of the season, um, and, and that's a team that is ranked in the top 25. Other than that, I mean, it's 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 a who's who of teams that you already know what conferences they're, they are in. I believe that aids Ball State women's basketball. Again, you got to take care of what's ahead of you, and based on last week, I have no doubts that this team is going to be focused on their task-minded uh, approach coming up. And, you know, there are going to be probably two or three teams each and every week that will jump in, that will jump out. And if Ball State keeps winning, they are absolutely going to put themselves in a really advantageous spot to get a top 25 selection. And I will tell you this, I can't remember the last time that a team that's ranked in the top 25, irregardless of what happens in their conference tournaments, was left out of the NCAA tournament. Not in, not in college basketball. I, I haven't really seen that um, pretty much ever. So it is significant because we've had this conversation so many times. And I remember earlier in the season talking to a coach about the, the Ball State men's basketball side of things. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. But, you know, they, they were resided to the fact that they're a one big, one big league. They are. Now, um, there are circumstances that change that. I think you come into this year feeling that same way about Mid-American Conference women's basketball. But this is why in a year where you had the non-conference success that Ball State did, that this plays large where it can put you in a perspective where maybe it doesn't always just become about what you do in the conference tournament side of things. But I tell you what, if they get ranked in the top 25, it's starting to change the conversation. Now, you know, they won't talk about it because they're so focused on what they're having in Mid-American Conference play and then what happens in the conference tournament. They always want to play well in the conference tournament. It only helps their cause. But, shoot, if they get in the top 25, our conversation shifts a little bit. All right, we have a call here at 765-287-1340. It's Dalton with us. Dalton, what do you got? Thanks for uh, calling in. Hey, Mark, how are you? I uh, just was, was listening to the show. Uh, actually headed to go do a ball game now, but I uh, was listening to your show, and 
what a huge accomplishment that would be for the Ball State women's basketball team to be yeah. uh, voted in the top 25. I guess my two biggest questions for you, um, one, what, what's kind of the vibe around Brady, Sally, and, and his team uh, getting those votes? Uh, I know you said there was only six votes, but I think that still speaks a lot about them. And, and two, they are in the top 25, and they do make the NCAA tournament. What does that mean for Brady Sally going forward as far as a recruiting process and, and drawing more ladies to Ball State University? I think it's great questions, Dalton. Um, the first one, I appreciate the call. Uh, Dalton listens to the show frequently and uh, interacts with us a lot. We appreciate that. Uh, the first question, you know, I, I would have to ask, ask Coach about that, uh, but I do know when we were talking earlier in the season about the midseason rankings and some of the, um, you know, the the other accolades there, I mean, I mean they, they, he was mentioning that that done when, you know, championships and all that and, and really inside the program, that was the focus. But, yeah, the, the recruiting angle for sure I mean um, how, how could it not help uh, I uh, yeah I think it's I think it's a major deal and this is a story that remains something to track but it's all contingent on you taking care of business week after week game after game it's hard to win I mean, look at a couple of weeks ago, folks. I know the last the, the last week, you know, your win against Central Michigan and, of course, Toledo on Sunday um, kind of override that. But the, the previous couple games in conference play, you were facing teams in the middle of the conference. And while you didn't have your best, you found ways to win. But it is not easy to win in the Mid-American Conference. And from that standpoint, you know, w- what happens if you don't have your best some night and you're on the road and you got to gut one out, you know? I don't know if that's what's driving him. But, again, the more you win, the more you have these opportunities. So it goes hand-in-hand with the goals that they already have at hand. Uh, But uh, good questions, Dalton. I appreciate the call as always. All right. we may not have time to really elaborate on this because Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News is with us. Uh, but the one thing to watch out for this weekend in the NFL, the Colts should be focusing on. Uh, it's coming your way next. Power Talk on CWMUN. Yes, brought you in part by State Farm Agent Jason May. Make sure you're getting all the discounts you deserve by calling Jason at 747 7100 today. Glad you're with us on the program. I, I've been teasing this since the top of the show. I just knocked my microphone out of the way. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, that wasn't good. The cord's in good shape. That's good. For a second, I thought I cracked the cord. No, we're good. Um, okay. Yeah, I. I Nah, we're good. We're good. We're all right. Okay. You know, doing some troubleshooting on my own, that's a scary thought. You know, that's why we have engineers and uh, their special special skills to, <laughs> to put me in perspective. But I thought for a second I cracked a cord. That would have that been a first with a microphone. Okay, but we're good. Um, anyway, uh, one thing that I think the Colts need to be watching this weekend with the teams coming up, and I want to expand on this as we go through the show in the coming days. I don't think it is by any mistake that these coaches are in these positions with their respective quarterbacks. Dan Campbell with Jared Goff, Kyle Shanahan with Brock Purdy, okay, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, which, again, sometimes we separate the Mahomes factor from Andy Reid, but they are absolutely interconnected, and John Harbaugh with Lamar Jackson. The 
AFC picture, those have been the relationships. John Harbaugh with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid. But I find it interesting with Jared Goff and Dan Campbell and Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. The tandems work because one is a little bit stronger than the other. I think Kyle Shanahan lifts up Brock Purdy a little bit, but by no means should that be a disrespect on Brock Purdy. And I also feel like the relationship with Dan Campbell and Jared Goff, I think Jared Goff's way better than people are giving him credit for. But it makes me think of you can have a play caller that puts you in great positions and make so, or you can have an ultra-talented quarterback and you have a great play caller and then you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think that is the entire focus going into this offseason, and I think it's important to watch as no matter how the Super Bowl matchup plays out, that relationship is incredibly key. We saw Shane Steichen do some great things as a play caller with Gardner Minshew, with Anthony Richardson. If he makes him better or Anthony Richardson's just way more talented than the play calling there, doesn't matter. That relationship drives this organization moving forward. Coach to quarterback. All right, when we come back, we'll go back to the Ball State sports comment. We, we, we were talking so much about Ball State sports that we couldn't get into that today. We'll get into it later in the week. Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News next. Final time on this Tuesday, power to the new WMUN brought to you by Sheriff Gosselin Roofing. Your roof is to protect your family. Make sure you're doing all you can to protect them. Sheriff Gosselin Roofing has been helping families for generations. Remember to call Pete Dahlia or look them up at worryfreeroof.com. As we're glad to be joined by Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News. I guess better now to announce it. Uh, we were texting back and forth today, and Kyle said, do you, do you just want to walk in Tuesdays at 440 going forward? I said, sounds good to me. That's how we get stuff done around here. Kyle, I appreciate your commitment to the show, and thanks for joining us again. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and, uh, yeah, I just figured, you know, you normally text me every week, hey, does it work for you, and why don't we just make it a commitment from now on? You know, at the end of the day, uh, you're way smarter than I am to just say, let's just, you know, make it a thing. Um, that That's good by me because, yeah, you've been uh, you've been with us each and every week, um, including previewing what was last week for Ball State Mitch basketball. Um, Saturday, Yeah. what stands out the most? There's a lot there. There was a lot there. Um, it's, it, I don't know. It, it was it was shocking in a way. I mean, they. I think you were there. Or I know you were watching. You yeah. Know, they led um, with about five minutes left by eleven points. You figure, oh, it's a team in Miami that has a similar record to Ball State. Uh, they haven't shown a whole lot this year. Ball State's leading by eleven points with less than five minutes. You think, oh, this one's over. I, I was actually, I was, I was writing my story um, before the game ended. And I think it was Mickey Pearson who hit a three-pointer to put him up by 11. And I just wrote, you know, that's the dagger. And it was going to lead into the end of the story. And then over the next five minutes, Miami goes on a run um, and ended up tying the game with a crazy step back three um, to send it to overtime. And then in overtime, Paul State was outscored initially 11 to two. Uh, Michael Lewis called it a meltdown um, on Ball State's uh, behalf, and honestly, I don't really know a better way to put it than that. Yeah, I think um, 
I, I don't know if you got this sense. You were there. I, yeah, I was watching it at home. My, my, my expectation was to get to Warden Arena on Saturday. I was unable to do so, so watching it from, from my couch. But um, it was hard to read the body language and read. But, but you could see from the way that Miami started the overtime period that mm-hmm. that shot that they made, it was a ridiculous shot. I mean, it, it just as easily goes in as it couldn't go in. It went in, obviously. But – was there a deflating feeling from the team, from the way you watched the team after that shot went in from when overtime started? Could you sense anything? Because obviously Miami jumped out to a, a, a quick run there in overtime, and it really wasn't a contest in that five-minute overtime period. Yeah. Um, I know it's easy for me to say in hindsight, but as soon as Miami hit that shot to send it to overtime, you kind of knew that Miami was going to end up winning the game. Warthen was pretty loud on Saturday. Uh, the crowd that was there, probably one of the bigger crowds of the season, especially with Miami being close. And it, the whole arena was kind of just deflated after that shot because Miami had all the momentum. Um, they were fired up on their sideline. Uh, Ball State just kind of meandered back over to theirs. And, uh, yeah, it just – Miami had all the momentum. They had um, – they had Ball State fans deflated. I'm sure the players were too. You know, players walked into the press conference and even walked out of it with their heads down. And yeah, I mean, just, just from that shot, they kind of won the game there, even though it only ended up tying it. Uh, Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News with us, covers Ball State men's basketball power, talking Muncie, the uh, new WMUN. And I-, I mentioned this at the top of the show here and how it can parlay into a positive tonight for Ball State. Like, I feel like when you lose, and you lose in this fashion, you're not even really, I mean, you're obviously focusing to strategize for Buffalo tonight, but in a lot of ways, it's more about you than any other time, especially a loss like that. Like, there's some uh, kind of digging deep and looking inside, like the, the heart and the hunger and all, you know, all the different things that I, you hear from coaches time and time again. Can that be a positive not not the loss was a positive by no means on Saturday, but in the way that Ball State comes out tonight in any form or fashion. You could call it a wake-up call as far as the loss goes because the Miami game, you know, Lewis said it. I think I said it on the show on Tuesday. That was a game that they needed to win, um, really a game that they had won, should have closed out. And you look at a team like Buffalo, who's only won two games all season, I believe only one Division One win, um, this is another game they have to win. And now, especially even more so after coming off of that loss against Miami. And I think that it's entirely possible if Ball State beats Miami, they go into the Buffalo game. Um, I don't want to say underestimating Buffalo, but maybe playing it a little playing it a little light um, just because they feel good after a win. They're going into Buffalo with a lot of confidence. Now, you know, kind of like you say, this is another game that they have to win and they're they're probably just going to be playing as hard as ever despite Buffalo's um, abysmal record. Yeah, I, I mean, naturally, uh, that would be the focus, right? They're 2-15, and 15, yet um, I think it's kind of interesting. And uh, if this doesn't tell you anything about the Mac of the parity, well, let, let it explain it in this way. Uh, Ball State's 1-5 in, in conference. Buffalo's 1-4 in, in conference. Ball State's 9-9. Nine nine, Buffalo's 2-15. Yet, Buffalo would still rank higher in the conference standings because they have one less loss than Ball State does. And... They Buffalo has, in their one win, a win 
over Central Michigan, a team that Ball State lost to. Um, right. That explains the Mac in a nutshell better than I could probably ever analyze. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, you look at it this way, too. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are interested in betting odds and the spread and things like that. You know, you look at Ball State, they're they're a 500 team. They've won nine games. Buffalo's only won two games. Ball State's only favored by one and a half points. Yeah. I mean, I know it's on the road, but it's a conference game. It's on the road. And you just never know what can happen in the MAC, like you say. Okay, um, if you're if if you're a Ball State fan listening right now, and somebody were to ask you, Kyle, give me give me a positive about the way Ball State has played over the last two weeks, irregardless of the record that they've had. What makes you optimistic that they're taking that step forward and and the best possible scenario for winning tonight with this basketball team is what? I think that they've done a really good job at adjusting to mistakes that they make either early in the game or whenever they make it. Um, Just thinking about the Miami game, in the first half, I believe they had 10 turnovers in just the first half. They had three in the second half and overtime combined. That's just one example. Um, They hung in there with the two best teams in the MAC. I know that no team is playing just to hang in there. Every team's playing to win. But against Akron, they only lost by four. Against Toledo, they only lost by five. Um, And Toledo was even on the road, too. Um, I just think that you have a lot to look at where they're starting to get contribution from other people other than Bashir Jihad. Uh, Mickey Pearson just had his best game of the season against Miami. Davion Bailey played really well against Eastern Michigan. Um, Jalen Anderson's played well all year, really. But you're starting to get contribution from more guys, and I just think they're adjusting better. Now they just need to be able to close out games, which I think has been their biggest struggle all year. What would concern you most about the matchup against Buffalo tonight? That it's on the road. Uh, You know, they had to travel. And not only just that it's on the road, but – it's 12 hours away. You know, that, that trip to Buffalo can't ever be easy, um, whether you're flying or you're driving, no matter what time of year. Um, it's a lot different than either staying in Muncie or traveling to Ohio, um, where, you know, half of the MAC is. Um, and, and even so, I think that Buffalo's record, it's, it's a trap game for Ball State. I really think it is. I mean, now – like we said, I think they're going to play a little bit differently now that they've lost their last game rather than won it. But these games are always trap games. I mean, you, you always look at them that way. I mean, you called the game against Akron a trap game, and Ball State almost beat them. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it can be a variety of things. Uh, obviously, best-case scenario this week uh, for Ball State is a 2-0 and week. Um what, what what at the bare minimum uh, do you think uh, Ball State is it a one in one split at the very least? Uh, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they went zero and two. Um, they can very easily win out. I mean, Buffalo right. and Northern Il- and Northern Illinois, excuse me, are both very winnable games. Um, especially Northern Illinois at home, um, I I would be shocked if they went winless. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News, will be covering uh, this matchup tonight. Uh, Ball State at Buffalo before Ball State comes back home Saturday against Northern Illinois. Well, look forward to our uh, weekly Tuesday chats. Kyle, thanks as always for joining us, and we'll be following along. 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do you mind if I give a little plug real quick? Absolutely. Uh, we got about 30 seconds here. I appreciate it. Um, no, I've just been seeing recently that some people don't really know um, how to access the daily news sometimes. I know the Star Press is the most popular publication in Muncie, but the fact is Gus isn't here anymore, unfortunately. You can just go to BallStateDailyNews.com. It's free to access for anybody. You can follow us on social media at BSU Daily News or DN underscore sports. And, uh, yeah, we're free. So I just thought I would – let people know that if they're wondering how to access us absolutely um i saw a little bit of that over the weekend and you guys have been doing an outstanding job your whole staff for delaware county high school sports and uh the ball state beat as well keep up the great work and we'll uh, we'll help where we can to help promote you guys okay Thanks again, Mark. That's uh, Kyle Smedley with us, Ball State Daily News. Yeah, they are really doing fantastic work. And um, if, if you want to, um, you know, when we, um, if you're on X, Twitter, whatever the case may be, um, we we have their writers on from time to time. Kyle will be on with us every uh, Tuesday coming up. Um, you can, um, you know, follow his personal page, but um, you can go straight to the Daily News uh, page there and on the website, everything like that. So, again, anything we can do to promote that because, again, the work they do in covering uh, Ball State sports and high school sports, very valuable, and uh, we love having their writers on the show as we can. So uh, that'll do it for us today. Man, a lot, of go- lot going on. Again, coverage of Ball State at Buffalo men's basketball tonight begins at 647 o'clock is the tip-off from Buffalo, New York. We'll recap it tomorrow, talk more about Ball State sports tomorrow at 4. Thanks to Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good evening.